I don't think that the big quote-unquote rock stations can very much longer ignore the growing numbers of people who are listening to alternative radio stations all around the country with which you're seeing album sales, at least on a smaller level, but it's making a bump. It's New Year's Eve, 1986. Deirdre is talking with the LA Times music critic, Robert Hilburn, about the musical trends of 1985. Among the acts Deirdre discovered that year was a crew of self-described pot-smoking hippies from Santa Cruz, also known as Camper Van Beethoven. They lit up the college circuit in 1985 with their breakout single, Take the Skinheads Bowling, and they quickly became one of Deirdre's firm favorites. Camper Van Beethoven, who simply are crazy and I adore them. Take the skinheads bowling, take them bowling. Take the skinheads bowling, take them bowling. David Lowry is Camper Van Beethoven's guitarist and de facto frontman. He explains that Deirdre's show was just one taproot for a larger movement, which was spreading across the country in the mid-80s. And in this episode of Bent by Nature, he'll explain how the band navigated their own transition from indie darlings to major label recording artists. What does selling out mean? Like changing your music style, right? To other people, it was literally being part of this other music economic system, right? And so that didn't really feel like that could ever be reconciled. I'm Trisha Halloran, and from KCRW, this is Bent by Nature, Deirdre O'Donohue and the Lost Snap Archives, Episode 6, Crossing Over. It's Snap, I'm Deirdre O'Donohue, it's Monday night, August 10th. My guests tonight are Camper Van Beethoven, or most of them, plus a couple of friends. It's going to be a real special show. They're in there, doing their sound check now, about half an hour, 40 minutes or so away, we'll be doing Camper Van Beethoven live, and I don't know why, but somehow... This seemed like the right song to start off with tonight. Hi, I'm David Lowry. I'm from the bands Cracker and Camper Van Beethoven. In 1987, I was living in Santa Cruz, but we were going down to L.A. a lot, partly because it was, you know, a great place for us to play shows. Also, Texas Records in Santa Monica, we had done an in-store there very early on, and then so sometimes when we were in LA, we, there would be an in-store at Texas Records, and it was invariably some cool up-and-coming band, and I think we went to go see Downy Mildew, and I got introduced to Deirdre O'Donohue, who was told has a really cool radio show on KCRW. Listen to Downy Mildew, live on Snap on KCRW Santa Monica. Certainly, I remember going out with Deirdre and a couple other people before we were ever on Snap. At some point, I was uh, around her, and she seemed to be around in the scene. She knew a lot of people that we knew. She was really highly respected, and I started listening to KCRW and oftentimes her show when I was driving around in Los Angeles. Time's not tight. Time is right. I'm so happy to have this group here. I've been looking forward to this ensemble for quite a while. David is touching the microphone gently, and it's my pleasure to welcome to Snap and KCRW, 
Kemper Van Beethoven. Hi, guys. Hi. Except our drummer couldn't be here because uh, he's in jail, but we're going to tell you some more about that a little later. So we don't have a drummer tonight. We're going to do a little acoustic set, but we're kind of used to it. He's always in and out of jail, you know, 15 countries. All well, tonight's the, the night we can Passport, tell the tales hassles, of Crispy Durson. You know, yeah. alimony and all this stuff. Here, so. yeah. Okay, well, this first song we'd like to do is a traditional Kemper Van Beethoven song. Chris out in that cell in South Pasadena. Yeah, okay. We miss you, Chris. Yeah, what's yeah. the tempo? One, two, three, four. Everything seems to be up in the air at this time. Everything seems to be up in the air at this time. One day soon, it'll all settle down. Cause everything seems to be up in the air at this time. People are getting together From many ideas they form a single goal Some people gonna benefit Another's gotta sacrifice Cause everything seems to be up in the air at this time The poor people who first heard us on there, that first show, we're talking about how our drummer's in jail. He's not in jail, he just wasn't there. And like, I was like, these poor people, they have no idea what's true and what's not true when they're listening to us. But she doesn't correct us when we say things like, our drummer's in jail and stuff like that. She just lets us do it. Like someplace else, somebody would have been like, well, you're on your own there. Your drummer's not really in jail, are they? Or, you know, they would have said something to undermine it, and we didn't. We've got Jonathan Siegel, Victor Kromenacher, Greg Lischer, and David Lowry of Camper Van Beethoven. Yeah, we're missing Crispy Durson. Let's tell some stories about Crispy Durson. Uh, Chris Peterson? Yeah. Well, see, we were going to Caro's the other night in South Pasadena. And, uh, see, Chris likes to go to Caro's and order pancakes in the middle of the night, but he doesn't eat pancakes. He just likes to eat the syrup. Yeah, like, he likes like, to lap the syrup up like off a whole the plate. box of it. He'll just stay up all night and eat syrup. But anyhow, we were going to South Pasadena, and Chris, like, uh, I don't know what came over him, but he stole, like, a 67 Barracuda and started driving down the road. And we were kind of like, well, that's kind of uncool, Chris, but anyhow, we're driving down the road, and the cops pulled us over, and they took him out, and they searched him, held him upside down. Okay, so this next song we're going to play is a song of great enduring strength and beauty. It's from our upcoming LP on IRS Records. <laughs> <laughs> IRS Records, which was REM's label and was kind of the, the cool major, wanted to sign us. And there was a kind of a vote in the band and everybody but me voted against it. But to me, I was getting this inkling that, in a way, we weren't really this niche thing. I mean, we were mainstream, but we were kind of somewhere in between sort of the niche movement that was punk rock and underground, the more experimental stuff, and the more mainstream stuff. There was this kind of, I mean, we were starting to get a lot of people at our shows already. I mean, we were like starting to get like, some places get like a thousand people. So selling out, I mean, to me, selling out was like how you sounded, right? And if you could go to a major label and have artistic control, why wouldn't you do that? And so it kind of took until about 1987 for the whole band to kind of feel comfortable that we could sell out, as it were, and get a major label deal and do a record. 
Here's the question of the day. Are you, in fact, prepared to sell out? Gentlemen. Well, we've always, I don't know if people understood this, but we've always been trying to sell out our entire life, our entire career. We thought we were making completely commercial pop music. We just found the whole time. the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. we're yeah. still making the same kind of music, actually. You are. Yeah, just, the, the exactly world is same catching kind up of music, to you. But, but you've uh, been stepping We've up always the been trying to sell out, man. We want to, like, have brands of jeans named after us. <laughs> right. We want a brand of acid named after us. We actually sold our souls to the devil. I mean, I don't, I don't know, I don't know it's what, what people think we signed to a record company. They, they we sold be, our souls to the devil, okay? Come on. Get, it's devil. a great deal. The interesting thing about that time that I think is kind of lost on a lot of people is that it was called the indie movement not because we were bound together stylistically, but because we literally used an alternate distribution promotion system to what was then, you know, kind of the mainstream major label distribution, chain record stores, commercial radio. Sometime in the early 80s, the punk bands first pioneered this, but then the indie bands, the non-punk bands, began to use the same system. The system was a series of college radio stations that basically played new stuff by non-major label artists. It was a network of independent distributors. Snap on KCRW started off with a very nice album. It's distributed by the New Music Distribution Service, NMDS, which is always a good sticker to see on a label anyway. And there were independent record stores, right? So basically in San Francisco, you had a number of indie clubs and a number of indie radio stations, and they all kind of overlapped personnel and, and stuff a lot. So promoting to one kind of helped you with the other one. So doing a show at the Mabuhe Gardens, maybe they got you on to KUSF or Calex to do an interview, and then there with your records. So this was replicated all over the country. You had essentially the same thing in San Diego, we had the same thing in Tucson, we had the same thing in Austin, Texas, same thing in Portland, Oregon, or Eugene, Oregon, everywhere, all around the country, almost instantaneously. And so that's what we're tapping into when we started, and that's where punk rock broadens out, taps into this indie network, and we just follow right in it. Back at KCRW, 25 months later, Camper Van Beethoven making a return engagement on the heels of their brand new album, Key Lime Pie. I'm Deirdre O'Donoghue at Snap 910, and I'm just going to turn you over to a really great band. So I remember it was a little controversial when we went to Virgin Records, but Virgin Records was originally an independent, and when I grew up, Virgin Records put out really weird records, mostly prog rock and stuff like that. So what I'm saying is Virgin Records had this sort of cachet that the other, even though it was independent when we first signed to them, it ran through the major label system, and they had big, big stars. So... I mean, we were going to the major label, I guess we were selling out, but come on, it's kind of a quirky person's label to go sign a contract with, so it was selling out, but maybe it was the beginning of like hip capitalism or something like that. I don't know how to describe it. 
Kiefer van Beethoven playing live on Snap tonight, this night of a very full moon, big harvest moon out there, 14 September 1989. Oh, oh. oh good. Want you to do pictures of matchstick men? Oh, no, no, we don't have to. This is public radio. <laughs> <laughs> it's been requested. <laughs> oh. Oh. How about if we howl? Because it's. <laughs> How about if we do something else instead? Okay. Okay, something that we want to do right now. So in that session, we're asked to play uh, pictures of Matchstick Man, and we say, no, we don't have to, because we recorded that for the Our Beloved Revolutionary Sweetheart sessions. And then we come to Key Lime Pie, and the radio department says, there's not really a radio hit here. So why don't we revisit pictures of Matchstick Man? Because you like that song. And so we were really kind of stuck in a hard place because we were like, well, okay, all right. So at that point, we were probably like, that is a song for commercial radio. It has been made plain to us by everybody who works with us that we did that song. We made it fit in with this record for commercial radio. So we're not going to play it. But we're also speaking to what that show was. I mean, it, it was the alternative to KROQ and those other commercial alternative modern rock radio stations, whatever they were called then. Cause in the mind of Ronald Reagan Wheels they turn and gears they grind Buildings collapse in slow motion And trains collide Everything is fine Everything is fine Everything is fine 
camper van Beethoven broke up. So I went back to LA and stayed with uh, our manager so I could sort out my record deal or what I was doing with the band. And I only really knew a few people in LA that weren't really heavily connected to the camper van Beethoven family of people. And I didn't really want to deal with any of those people, right? So I remember at some point I called up Deirdre and I think we, we went out and hung out with some other people. And then she asked me to come on and guest DJ the show. And I did. I'm delighted to have you here. David okay. Lowry is my guest tonight for the next hour. Yeah, you He's in me charge this, of the music. woke me up early this afternoon. I was I calling know. somebody entirely else. I thought you were on the other side of the country. Well, most of the time I am. Yeah. So I asked for Marty, and you said, no, Marty's not here. And I said, who is this? You said, it's David. I said, which David? <laughs> I said, David Lowry. I said, you're not supposed to be here. I said, well, and I, I am. And I to come down and do this show. So instantly. Before I had even woken up, so... Well, it's the best time to get him is early in the afternoon, just yeah. as his eyes are opening. So David's going to program for us, and the first track you're going to play, sir, um, is... It's the Bony Knees of Nothing from a band called Big Dipper. So I was a totally a lost soul at that point, and it was very nice that she brought me in to guest DJ a show, because I think actually it helped like increase my status in my record label's eyes, and they... They exercise the key leaving member clause and which it sounds really great on one level because you're like hey I get the recording contract but you also get the previous band's debt <laughs> so I remember actually I'm hearing from the camper guys indirectly through the grapevine that they're pissed off that I got the contract but I'm like I got the debt I got the debt You have a standing invitation, so y'all come back anytime you want to. Okay, next time Whenever. I'm out on this coast. Yeah. Okay, when, when you're around and about, you certainly are welcome here. Between Cracker and Camper, I may have even been talking to her a lot, just like personally just calling her up and just like going, hey, this is what's going on. What do you think? I ended up calling her a lot. I don't remember, it was before Camper broke up, after Jonathan left, and there was sort of between Arbor Love Revolution, a sweetheart, Key Lime Pie, there was a lot of things I had to think about with like the record label and the business and musically and then going into Cracker so I remember I just like call her out of the blue every once in a while and get her and we would just kind of talk about music or the business you know just kind of our lives personal lives things that were going on and stuff like that I don't know why I mean I, I have two older sisters in a way she kind of I almost kind of looked like she'd be part of our family. Maybe it was something subconscious like that, you know. I don't know. But uh, she was kind of like a big sister to me. David Lowry is now a senior lecturer in the music business at the University of Georgia's Terry College of Business. He still performs with both Cracker and Camper Van Beethoven. He released his most recent solo album, Leaving Key Member Clause, in 2021. Bent by Nature is co-produced by Bob Carlson and Mike Dodge Weisskopf, with production assistance from Anna Buss and Marion Hodges. Our digital producer is Andrea Dominic. KCRW's program director for music is Ann Litt. 
Our program director for culture is Anyel Zabiri Fields. If you'd like to hang out in Deirdre's world a little longer, head over to the Bent by Nature website at kcrw.com slash bentbynature. You can explore Deirdre's archive of vintage performances and interviews, including Camper Van Beethoven. You can also play Deirdre's original tape of Snap from December 31st, 1985, featuring LA Times music critic Robert Hilburn. We're adding new stuff all the time, so be sure to check back. Special thanks to Frida Young, Natalie Kiriakoudis, Surreal Lewis, Woody Nuss, Cheryl Pavelski, Meredith Schomburg, Dave Snow, Jeff Sykes, and Valina Vago. I'm Trisha Halloran, and from KCRW, this has been Bent by Nature, Deirdre O'Donoghue and the Lost Snap Archives. <laughs>